You're listening to. You're listening to the Collabcast, the podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Welcome to, I guess this is the first ever collab cast, spoiler cast. We're going to be just... We couldn't hold it back, y'all. We're going to be talking free, freely about Crazy Rich Asians, plot points, characters, um, climaxes are all on the table. So you've been warned. This is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians, push stop on your player now. Listen to the previous episode if you haven't yet. (laughs) Go watch the movie. We'll wait for you to come back. Welcome back. (laughs) Um, joining us for this uh, panel of course is my co-host Minji Chang Chang. Um, Ada Sang hello host of the Saturday School podcast and freelance writer Um, you can find most of her work on PRI the world Uh, and the Rebecca Sun from the Hollywood Reporter one of the infamous Rebeccas who wrote the cover story for Crazy Rich Asians on the Hollywood Reporter welcome back thank you thank you Thanks um, for having us back. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know about you guys, but this is my first chance to talk freely about this movie on this podcast. So I'm very excited um, to not have to tiptoe around uh, key scenes and stories. Let it out, Marv. Um, but I want to ask you all first, what were your favorite moments of the of the movie? Oh, man. Favorite moments? Well, one of my favorite moments, like one of my favorite sequences that I reenact for people, like when, when I talk with people after we've watched it, the one that I reenact the most is Aquafina's car scene, where she's <laughs> just like, <laughs> when they arrive at the gate, <laughs> the, the soldier, like the, the guard comes the guard. and she's like, oh, hello, okay. And she's like <laughs> tapping on the window, like ever so gently. She's like, hello on the list and he, okay he's a friend and then like the that part and then the part where um henry god nick is trying to get her to come in for dinner she's like uh, oh no i'm good i'm good and he's like no come in for dinner she's like i couldn't impose okay i'll fucking go that <laughs> is out. that is a very like i think it's funny normally but for asians <laughs> that's especially funny because it, it's we all know the dance right you, you, you refuse <laughs> no, no no you refuse first no, no, no. before you accept the charity <laughs> oh my gosh you're so funny and that's also an ad lib from Aquafina, by the way. Um, that that line with where he, he Henry's. Uh, sorry, I'm doing it too. Nick uh, convinces <laughs> Caitlin to go into the party. Uh, that that was an ad lib um, from Aquafina, and then she like apologized awesome. afterwards. She's like, "Oh, I'm Perfect. so sorry, I said See, that." And then so they were like, hurt. "No, that was great. Was like, we're going to use it." So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking go. And then she takes out the cocktail dress, but like she has a walk of shame dress. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I think Aquafina pretty much steals every scene she's in. Oh, my she's God. so good. So good. But not just the funny scenes, but um, kind of heartfelt scenes, too. Yeah. yeah. she's She's got chops. Like, Miss Rapper thing over here, being like a Hollywood actress. Shoot. She's the complete best friend. There for you when you're down. God. <laughs> bok, bok, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, what's any favorite moments? Yeah. Well, I mean... 
I, I think everyone's going to say the wedding, so I'll save that. But um, <laughs> and and maybe at the end I'll explain more. But the the mahjong mm. sequence is masterful. So good. Uh, it's it's the, towards the end and. It's so I, I had the uh, uh, opportunity to talk to Adele Lim about scripting it. And that was completely that scene is completely new to the to the story. That's not from the book. The book ends in a different way. Um, I Everything from what they're doing to the dialogue they're saying, it's the most Asian American scene I've ever seen in my life. Right. And and I don't mean just because they're playing Mahjong. I mean, in terms of the clash of values, in terms of what happens in the power positioning, the the decisions that Rachel makes is something that only an Asian American person could understand and could do. I love that scene with all my heart. That is like, it's for me, like, this is why I'm like, yes, Crazy Rich Asians is like a super fun rom-com, but I'm like, also, it's like a very serious movie. (laughs) That's why. Do not get (laughs) that twisted. Because of my personal experience. I I love reading people's um, reactions to that Mahjong scene on Twitter because I've been following the hashtag like like a monster. Um, (laughs) And my favorite ones are like people asking, did she win? (laughs) Did she win that game? Because like any other movie, that would be like a poker scene, right? Or like something right. that's familiar. But that's like it's mahjong, and it's so for people who know how to play, like it takes on an extra level of like understanding what the moves she's making is. That's one of the things I also love about the decision not to have like somewhere earlier in the movie, like what is this? It's mahjong. How do you play? Here's how you play. Yeah. This is what the titles mean. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's how you know this movie wasn't made for a white audience. Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, I, I love, cause you know, we've gotten used to, you know, I, I, that's why like, in my opinion, like some of the best art made by, um, black filmmakers and black artists, like it's for them. And I'm just like thankful to be there watching <laughs> mm-hmm. it, you mm-hmm. know, and there's things that they don't explain to me and I'll just pick it up if I can. And I felt the same way watching crazy rich Asians. They're like, Nope, we're not going to explain why everybody speaks English. If you don't get it, Google it, you know, Singapore's, you know, English is the national language of Singapore. And then we're not going to explain how to play Mahjong. We're going to trust that you sort of understand based on the dialogue and with the symmetry with her actually playing poker, poker in the beginning of the movie. I didn't think of that until right now. My brain exploded. Also consistency (laughs) of her as a game theory economist. Oh my God. So many layers. Like she literally moved a lose lose situation. <laughs> playing, I'm telling you guys, win. this like, is a serious movie. Like she literally changed a lose-lose situation to a win-win. Um, like forcing forcing Eleanor to make the move, right? <sighs> playing to well, win actually, and Marvin, can, we, can, I, can we dialogue about this? Yeah, sure. So I like I'm curious, and that's something that now now it makes me want to ask like Constance and John and Adele if they feel that Rachel when she folds her winning hand, her winning mahjong hand, I'm, I'm probably not using the terminology right, but when she folds and gives up, forfeits the game and then walks away and gets on that plane, did Rachel think that she was gonna, that that was gonna convince Eleanor to, to approve the, the relationship and that she was gonna get Nick back? Or did she actually believe, you know what? I'm actually walking away from this guy and his whole family, but I, I know who I am now and I, I've made my peace with that. What's your... What do you think? I think it's the latter. I think she didn't I expect. She was leaving. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I don't think she expected yeah. Eleanor to change, but just to show her that, like, I am not who you think I am. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I am Asian. Yeah. And I'm going to do the most Asian thing possible, which is instead of following my own dreams and my own heart, 
I'm going to respect the sanctity of family because that's what Asians do. And sacrifice. Like yeah. that was yeah. super moving for me. Like I and being the non-Chinese person here, just like a lot of the themes that I've seen growing up in like Korean dramas and films and music and just in culture in general. It's like this theme of sacrifice to truly love is to like put someone before you. It's not selfish. Mm-hmm. It's not self-serving. It's to serve another person, whether that's your family or like your spouse or whatever. That's what made it so moving to me. Like honestly, that and understanding all the layers on the dude i was sitting next to bing chen at the premiere and he was like it was the first time he was watching it so i was kind of watching him watch it and he was just like Ooh. Mm-hmm. he was hella reacting to every move and i was like i don't know what happened but it was dramatic <laughs> he was like oh damn <laughs> like, but it's just so meaningful and that's what i think is beautiful storytelling when you can take imagery and you can take more than just what's words and like even just expressions on their face like even using the game itself to like yeah. tell that it was so great there will be think pieces written about that mahjong game there should be <laughs> you know like people inquiring minds want to know i'm raising my hand because i didn't i didn't know yeah i and think it's beautiful since this is a spoiler cast um <laughs> The first time I watched it, and this is, mind you, this is not the final version, so they might have tweaked stuff. Um, but the first time I watched it, I thought she was going to leave, and I was cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> Go, girl, get you out know? of there. And I think Run. looking back, it's partially um, partially because it's such a strong scene, and Constance is so strong in it, and it almost feels like her walking away is winning. Yeah. And then the other mm-hmm. part of it is that Michelle Yeoh is so good. Yeah. That you don't, that you kind of, okay, Michelle Yeoh, and also when Chris Ping is talking about, like, why it's going to be really difficult mm. for Rachel on that boat or whatever, that, the, the platform. The island. Um, they're <laughs> so good. Island. And that I was, there's a part of me still that's like, because I haven't read the second two books and I don't know what happens, there's a part of me that's like, how are they going to make this work? <laughs> you know, like the one who, you know, I mean, is just like stepped out of the rom-com fantasy for a second and maybe has a lot of like my own Taiwanese mother in my, you know, in, ingrained in my head. Well, but it's like, I feel like there, there's that too where it, both there, it feels like it's complicated, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, comparing the book Eleanor to film Eleanor, like, like Michelle Yeoh imbued that character with, with a lot more heart and softness while maintaining mm-hmm. all like the the um, intimidating like, the steeliness because intensity. Eleanor in the book is kind of a jerk the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't like her in the book. <laughs> she doesn't have as much dignity. Like she's a lot more like the gossiping on. Like there's just a, she's like kind of pettier. Yeah. yeah. In, in in the book and sort of so there's some ways in which she's a little silly whereas you know um, in the movie I mean honestly the movie version of Eleanor Young reminds me so much of Miranda Priestly in Double Wears Prada yes. where she has this like cool implacability that is terrifying like the fact that she's not saying anything you're like oh oh I'm in I'm in oh, deep oh, deep oh, trouble are, and- you know and she could just like kill you with like you know like you will never be enough. She'll kill you with five words. She doesn't really need to do anything more than that. And that scene, um, like when she puts her hand on her face, it's just so like, no. there's one thing that I wanted, like that scene where they're looking up at constant. There's one like critique as a, like a cinematographer. I'm not even one, but I wish that. And, and my boyfriend also, he's a filmmaker, but he's like, damn, it would have been so powerful if they like filmed her from looking down. Like she's being looked down at. 
from that scene instead of looking up at her up that staircase. But she was but just she so looks, vulnerable. She she looks vulnerable. Yeah, well, that was scene where you just see her back. Uh-huh. But she looks so small. So I yeah. feel like I felt it. Yeah, no, I felt yeah. it. I was like, I wonder what it looked like. But anyway. But yeah, and also like the I love that first scene where she meets Eleanor. In the kitchen. And, in the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, and how like how like she, Eleanor doesn't really say anything that bad, but you know. Yeah, yeah and, you it's, know. And, and that's it's like so subtle, right? But I think you feel know. it. Yeah. It was so uncomfortable, but it was also really brilliant to place Eleanor in the kitchen because she's the woman of the house. She is the matrix. She's queen, right? Besides the grandmother, but she's like running that kitchen, you know. And I think that imagery in and of itself is like, yeah, this is how it goes. You know what I mean? Like it's not a dinner party where the she's just like out shipping, shipping, sipping champagne <laughs> with the guests. Like she's managing the food because it just says a lot. Just like what's priority and like who's in charge. Yeah, and, and at the same time, like you're. You're not worth it to me to put 100% of my attention on you. Also, in, in such few words, so the moment good. she says, how American, like, you you know what kind of movie this is going to be. That's, that's when you know, when, that's that's the stakes are drawn right there, right? <sighs> right. I mean, I think that when I saw it the second time, I was able to appreciate that kitchen scene more, right? And really, like, see the dialogue and see the setup for how, you know, everything, you know, like, oh, pursuing your dreams, you know, where, you know, Rachel sort of doesn't doesn't see that as derogatory but that that's obviously how it's taken and and the other thing about being in the kitchen you guys made such a good point is that like it really also speaks to the unique not exclusive to asians asian women but certainly i think you know michelle yo i'm sorry i'm gonna name drop guys i talked to michelle yo (laughs) she told me that um she was like, she wanted to embody, you know, all of these women she knows in real life who are, you know, married to these powerful men and have made the choice to sort of to submit to them in this very powerful way of support. So she's in the kitchen like a woman, you know what I mean? And, 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 and that's, this is what she's given up mm-hmm. in order to make the family run in order for her son to have a better shot. She retreated. She gave up her rights to raise her kid herself so that the grandma wouldn't resent him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she's, you know, she went to law school and now she's in a kitchen, like, you know, just telling people what to cook. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's both, she's both powerful, but also like, yeah in this really submissive way, which I think the, the film just, especially when it comes to like Rachel and Eleanor and Astrid really, really says a lot about gender dynamics and women sort of the need that the pressure that they feel to sometimes, you know, subjugate like themselves a little bit in order to make the men feel more powerful. And that's the realization that Astrid has that she had been doing. Right. And it's like the extra layer of like being Asian American, understanding that like this is it's similar to the sacrifices that um, as children of immigrants that our parents did as well. Like, I don't feel similar. It is the same thing yeah. to me when I see that. I'm like, I see my mom. And I see my grandma. Just, well, <laughs> speaking of mothers, though, I kind of want to like segue into like the Rachel's other mother, mother. Yeah. yeah, Rachel's who mom destroyed is me. Too. And that is, I think, like, I I do that because I just love Aquafina, and I start with that because it just made me laugh so hard, and it's just, like, a joy to share that moment with everybody else because I look around, I'm like, isn't it funny? It's so funny, right? (laughs) But um, the the one that I think is my favorite moment was the conversation when uh, her mom, Rachel's mom comes to— During the breakup phase of the rom-com. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
when they have that conversation about Rachel's father, like her real father and that relationship and her fleeing, you know, her ex-husband and like her country and leaving everything behind and being there with her daughter. And then her saying sorry, like I know that <laughs> feeling. It's just everyone's had that version. I'm like sorry that like I was the reason, you know, like and then she just – I was told- the reason my mom had to stay. Yeah, <laughs> and that she didn't have like the best love of her life with someone who like cared about her and she never saw him again because of me. Like that guilt and that feeling of like – Oh my god, I like I had no idea and then you kind of recognize as an adult like that destroyed me and then when her mom tells her like don't be sorry, like I got you. I was just a blubbering mess and I even thinking about it right now I'm getting teary. But it was just so well done and the love was so clear and Constance was so beautifully vulnerable, you know? Like she's really fighting back a lot and that you can't fake. And that's what I just love about that scene. You know what I really liked about that, too, is that I think that over the years we've gotten so much like ever since a certain Yale law professor who I will not name wrote a certain book (laughs) about a certain stereotype of Asian moms. Like, you know, it's become sort of like like canon that Asian moms hate their kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, or or never show any sort of affection. And and I do understand that some families are like that and some moms are like that. But I really appreciated seeing the warmth and open-hearted affection between Rachel and her mom, you know, and it wasn't like her mom was like super Americanized. Her mom is an immigrant. Um, but you know, just them like lying down in, uh, the bed together at Piglin's house. Right. Like, like that's like sharing a bed with your mom is something like I've, I've always done, you know what I mean? Like, that was a good counterpoint to, I think, some of the other, and, and to show that there's a range. Like even Eleanor is like terrifying to Rachel, but Eleanor is super warm to Nick. Yeah, you know, like yeah. when she's like, you know, dress helping him pick out his shirt, and the way in which how soft she is around him. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the many tapas scenes of the movie. <laughs> Shirtless. <laughs> Shirtless. <scene>. Shirtless. <laughs> Shirtless. Um, uh, I mean. Speaking to a panel of of ladies, <laughs> how how was the man candy in the movie? It was great. It it was excellent. It was great. <laughs> no complaints. And I on accurate. It was accurate. <laughs> I mean, it's for me. Well, because we're sitting with the creator of haikus with hotties. <laughs> oh, We've talked about this topic, and to me, okay, like this is going off the whole the ways that Asian men are emasculated is infuriating and pervasive and very long-standing but for me as like a red-blooded human woman um i find a lot of different things sexy besides just like physical like just abs you know and i appreciate them trust me um i appreciate it much as the next person but like confidence is something that the emasculate it's been the result of all of the emasculating that asian men i feel like i've dealt with this my whole life like my brothers and my friends and my cousins like dealing with this lack of self and not having true confidence like they kind of like sometimes fake it to make it or sometimes overdo it and then super annoying but like it comes from a lot of these this place of lack of confidence and seeing everyone be themselves including jimmy and including Ronnie, oh my god, I love Ronnie Chang's character so <laughs> yeah, much. Just them being like bombastic and obnoxious and loud and confident who they are, that was sexy to me. Mm-hmm. Like so sexy. And I was like, yes! I was cheering for all of it because it just, yeah, it wasn't just about the shirtlessness. <laughs> it was about sexiness in being like okay and good with who you are in your body, 
you know, that that speaks volumes to yeah. me. Yeah, it didn't feel like I, I think I think people talk about it a lot just because we don't see it that much. But I mm-hmm. mean, it's not like over the top shirtlessness. It's like they're, <laughs> you know, they're at. I keep saying a beach, but I guess a platform in the Maru. Yeah, They're like it's, or it's like really, really hot. Or like you just woke up. <laughs> yeah, like temperature hot. Or you just or woke up woke from spooning up, yeah, yeah. and you need to like put on a fresh shirt. Or you're you like know? in the yeah, shower. Yeah, because guys, because you're taking a shower. Yeah. You're oh God, Astrid's husband, Michael. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, didn't. He sucks, but. Oh, he's yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly, I felt for Mike. I think he did a great job, and I feel for that character too. Yeah, yeah, a lot, which I I appreciated out of his performance. Yeah, I think the subplot with Astrid and Michael was like severely truncated mm-hmm. from the novel. The novel has flashbacks where you see how they first meet, and you can understand the love that that really did develop between them. And it also has a little bit more about you know why um, Michael developed this inferiority complex. You know, I think that in the movie, there's a little throwaway line uh, at Tyrosol Park party where Eddie is like, hey, you need a guy to fix your computer, he'll do it, you know, and just obviously doesn't think much of him. Um, so that's, it doesn't excuse, my, I mean, it, the book's treatment of like the Michael Astrid subplot is all still conf- gets confusing towards the end. But um, I've seen that as the criticism uh, in most reviews, people saying like this was underdeveloped and I think it was just a matter yeah, of, of time and space. I, mean, I did know? like that they changed it so that they put the strength on Astrid's side and like her last like mm-hmm. people like people on Twitter are wild about her last words to Michael like I can't make you a man I can't make you something you're not yeah yeah it's, that's the audible reaction <laughs> yeah. that I do you heard. remember um because you said you watched one of the early versions I think that's something they added later right was it I don't know that I don't know if that's true but in my memory because I, I think, think it, was always, between, it was always there I think I was there because I think I hit Marvin because I was like <laughs> oh shit <laughs> Pretty sure I hit Marvin a lot in the first one, <laughs> but I, I kind of remember that one. Wait, can can I also ask you guys who saw like early cuts of the film? How much? Because like they're like because obviously they made the decision. Since this is a spoiler cast, we can say that you know stay after the credits because that's when you finally Yay. see Harry Shum Jr. as Charlie, who in the books you will know as Astrid's first love. You know the one you know the one she didn't end up with in the first book and. Um, in the trailer, there was like shots of them dancing. And so I had heard that, uh, you know, they just, it was like too confusing to introduce this guy. And you don't want people to think that Astrid is leaving Michael for another man. You know, it sort of clouds her motivations. But how much more of Charlie was there in, in the early cuts you saw? So we saw the second cut. Um, from what we heard from people who saw the first cut, there was a lot more Charlie in was the third there? act. Yeah. And there was zero in ours. Yeah, the one that we saw, he was completely out. Yeah, we were pissed. <laughs> and then the, the third cut we saw, they added him back in as a stinger. Ah, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're like, where's Harry at? What the, what, uh, uh, give my money back. I didn't pay for this. I mean, but give me- <laughs> man, I wish I saw that first cut. Yeah. Got to be out there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he like Angie Han on Twitter said that he probably has the best the best agent because he has fifth billing on this. Oh, movie. it's amazing! I was shocked at the premiere <laughs> to see that he still had fifth billing. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't all, even shown up yet. Like all one point seven seconds of him. <laughs> the movie is over. <laughs> um, we got to talk about the wedding. The wedding. This is jumping to a- the after the wedding, but that 
I don't even know how to describe it properly, but that scene right after she um, talks to the grandma mm. and like, I think in any other movie, it would be like a drug in his <laughs> yes. scene, yeah. but it's just her like have, feeling her world crumbling down and she's kind of like going around and kind of like, um, so she, good. Henry, or, oh, I'm doing that too. Yeah, um, we all keep calling him Henry. Chasing her. <laughs> like that's same thing. I love, yeah, that's such a great. When he's chasing, yeah, my my heart was like in my throat. I was like, "Damn, girl!" And then, but then, as the camera goes throughout the party, you see like these little bits of like, you know, um, the, the Jimmy Oyen getting the girl, and I'm just using the actors' names now, <laughs> and kind of these, yeah, like while you're following the main love storyline, you get like snippets of what's happening. In the like side storylines, I felt like that was done really yeah. well. It was like, done very the cake, well. Like, you see like Araminta and Colin cut the yeah. cake and like shove the cake in their mouth. Well, I think it was such a good counterbalance because it's like a short segment, but it's so good to because the whole thing is kind of like this. You're just like a, a spectator in like the circus, right? You're entering this crazy world of all this luxury and wealth. But I thought it was a great moment to like recognize yeah this is a psychotic ass world like this Mm -hmm. is very overwhelming this is not as beautiful this is very painful it's toxic in a way it's like it's just yeah it's like you're on a weird trip and you don't want to be there i felt like that that's why i was like arguing with people who were (laughs) saying like oh it's just like glorifying rich people i was like it's actually not there's a lot there that really does show like this isn't all that it's stocked up to be and like you know, there's more than just like I was like y'all are oversimplifying something you didn't even see <laughs> from a title. I like, totally agree. I mean, the more I think of it, and again, because I think I resonate so hard with the whole like conflict between family and love aspect of it. Like I'm constantly at this point forgetting all of the like gr- gratuitous rich excess. Like I mm-hmm. sort of that all fades into the background for me, honestly. Um, but that scene, you know, and that moment you're talking about Ada about it swirling around. It's like. The, it's like the decay. It's like the illusion is gone. And I think that's perfectly encapsulated in, you know, Bernard and Kitty Pong, like being exposed as getting on. It's just so tawdry. And it, yes, all, everybody's laughing, but it's kind of a leering sort of it's it's like, here's all the ugliness. Mm-hmm. you know, of, of, of everything. And, you know, like Astrid's marriage is falling apart. Like it's not, it, it's so the, the, everything, the illusion completely shatters. And, um, and I thought that that, yeah, that was like an important, um, point. It, it was never, it's not about the money and it never was about the money. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about, um, um, Sonoya walking down the water. <laughs> <laughs> the most extra wedding <laughs> well, that ever was. Means you describing me how like it's one of the best like walking down the aisle scenes that she's seen. Oh my god. I commend Chris because I think Chris did such a good job. Again, he's a supporting character. Colin's character is very key in the story because that's the whole reason why everyone's in this like frenzy because his wedding is and I think he owned it and I was so proud of his him as an actor as a friend to like look at her with such love and that right next to like literally going cutting back and forth between Henry looking at Constance with, mm. with as much love and like saying like mouthing I love you to her I was just gone I was <laughs> like every beautiful wedding that ever could be <laughs> that was the most beautiful wedding I've ever seen in a movie or in a Korean drama and I've watched a crap load of <laughs> Korean dramas and I've watched a lot of Hollywood rom-coms like Minji I'm a scholar in the, in the genre and and this was like bar none the most beautiful and and it was 
like I was almost worried, like because we've seen, like I was trying to remember, like do you remember, like in the Sex and the City movie, like like Carrie's original wedding was supposed to be like super over the top, fabulous, or like what was it, Charlotte's first wedding or whatever. So we've had all these like opulent, crazy weddings, but this one was just magical, and the marriage of the that it was so invented. I've never seen a water, like I've never seen water at a wedding <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> used that way. Um, it feels very natural, and then and then Kina Granis. Like, oh my god! Now yeah. I just never want to go to a wedding without her singing in it. You know yeah, what I mean? I like, <laughs> and and so tell me, guys, I'm so curious about the reaction because at the Ace screening, the Tastemaker screening, there were actually I was worried for a second because people started laughing when the water came down, and I was like, wait, are, is everybody going to laugh at this beautiful wedding scene, like when it opens wide? But but I think it was just more of a laughter of disbelief, like, oh my. Gosh, like what is this? She's but then floating down yeah. the aisle. Like one right. of one of my screenings was also like they, they were laughing at that scene. And I think it's just one person was laughing because it was like so ridiculous and everyone oh, just kinda like followed along. Um and yeah, it was but more, the second it, time I saw it there was no laughter during that scene. Yeah. I yeah. mean the, the second time I the mm, what, You can't keep track, huh? Yeah. The <laughs> which one was it? The first time I saw the final cut uh, was at the the Warner lot. It was during um it was like a big screening for all the um, the Asian American ERGs, and during that scene, everyone was just quiet and like, mm-hmm. like during it. So I, I've seen it both ways. I think it just depends on. on I your think theater. it's okay to laugh because it is super over the top. Um, but, but I hope that part where they see all the love. I hope they definitely. Yeah, because what was beautiful and amazing, and and other people have said this too, is. You know, again, like I said, it's one of the most beautiful wedding scenes I've ever seen. And so you're already sort of like, I mean, I was talking to Inku Kang, you know, the, the critic who writes for Slate now. And she's like, she was just, she just wept at the beauty, like the beauty made her weep. Right. <laughs> but then on top of that, so you're weeping at something just because it's beautiful, the way that sometimes the best art just moves you to tears. And then you're like, shit, this is an Asian wedding. This is, the groom is Asian. He's marrying an Asian bride. The best man is Asian. Every single wedding guest is Asian. I'm watching the best damn wedding scene Hollywood has ever done. And it's an Asian wedding scene. Like that was, I had chills again. And then like how, you know, my tears sprouted tears inside the tears. Like it was just like, it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was just lovely. That's to me honest, and the, from the actor standpoint, the part where I get really critical because I know there are actors with their tricks of like how to come off to look like you are in love. You know what I mean? There's like the gaze and like whatever. That's again why I was moved to tears. There was so much love there, and I think that's the sign of a true actor when you can take love. That's like yeah, Henry Golding and Constance who are not truly in love, but they have true love for each other. You can see it in their friendship, their chemistry. Their chemistry is great, and they just put that into their performance. They did not hold anything back. And as an actor, I was so proud. I was like, you guys went there because a lot of people being that vulnerable on camera is really hard. It's terrifying because you're like emotionally naked, and that's the job, right? And I think both of them nailed it, which moved everybody. I saw a lot of people like I, during that scene. I did look around. And I was like, "Is everyone? Is, are people getting? Are they tearing up?" And there are a lot of people wiping away tears. That mm-hmm. scene and the mom scene with Constance and yeah. uh, her mom. But like, yeah, it was just so beautiful, so beautiful. The, the other, sorry, I have one more thought about the wedding, which. The other thing that was really cool, and this only happened, I think this will only happen in that one time I saw it at the Ace, was that, um, you know, the music, the guitar starts, and then when the camera cuts to Kina Granis, you know, and she sings her first line, 
there were gasps in the theater. Like everybody was like, <laughs> and, and that's one of those Easter eggs that um, you'll only get, right? Like if you're an Asian American, if you're part of the community, if you've been following Kina on YouTube, yeah. you know, for, for years and, and that's great. And, and, you know, other people are just going to be like, oh man, that singer is good. Let me like, let me try to Google her later and find out. And, and that's wonderful too. But the fact that John as an organic member of the community, right? Like, knew to put her in, um, and that it would mean something extra, you know, to, to us was, was cool. And, you know, again, she's flawless. So that was awesome. Yeah. Honestly, well, Keena is one of the reasons I joined collaboration because I was a fan of hers on YouTube. And then at my first collaboration show ever, which was 2010, the year that Clara won, which I think Clara would have been an awesome additional singer. Like it would have been great. Um, she, I saw Keena walk by me arm in arm with David Choi and I uh-huh. freaked out. <laughs> and it's just so amazing to remember that moment of how I felt when I freaked out when I saw her in person, like in real life off of YouTube. And then to see her just yeah. like send everybody into a silent pause in a movie theater like that. I was, was like, <gasps> there's definitely gasps in my theater, too. Like mm-hmm. either like oh, it's her or oh, is she? <laughs> oh, nice. nice, nice. I know her. Did you did you know, uh, Minji, did you know she was going to be in the film? Like, did you know she had a... I didn't. I heard that there were... Because I had heard, you know, little... Everyone's like whispering amongst each other. They're like, oh, there's going to be friends of ours. Like, apparently the Wong Fu guys are in that... I mean, yeah, Wong Fu guy. Background. I think Bing is in it. <laughs> yeah, and Bing's in it. Yeah. So, like, yeah. yeah, I didn't know who I would see. I, I like, tried hmm. looking the last time I watched it. I and be- because everyone's just out of focus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't tell who was there. Yeah. 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 It was great. But um, yeah, but I guess just very quickly, speaking of music, it was really fun to hear kind of these like Mandarin covers of all of these songs. Like <laughs> I thought it was really cute. I well, we're proud also the Cheryl Co, who's a young girl mm. that we met through a collab open mic night. She did she did the opening, the opening and closing, closing songs. Yeah. Yeah. One including Aquafina. I was like, Yeah. Yeah, she's got pipes. I was like, What? She's like in her she early twenties. Yeah. 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 And she's Malaysian too. She's Chinese Malaysian. So Yeah, I interviewed her for one of my PRI stories. She just graduated USC. Yeah. Yeah. She's a little baby. (laughs) Yeah. But it yeah, it's fun because it was she was found from her um YouTube audition where they were all auditioning for acting, but like (laughs) they had everybody had to show like a hidden talent for their intro and that was her talent. So it was funny to talk to her because she was like, I wasn't even paying attention to that part. Like I was concentrating (laughs) on my acting, but it was like because I think Later, um, John M. Chu knew he, he he like needed someone to sing it. Yeah. He yeah. like thought back to all the people that he had um, seen over YouTube. Yeah, and I think that actually, John, I, I have to go back and check my notes, but I think John told me that Constance was the one who really advocated for her and was like, "Hey, do you remember that girl? Or you got to check out this girl from one of those YouTube tapes. Like, we should use her." So, which would be really cool if you, you know, I hope that that story is true. I'll have to double check, but that just means like. The, the the woman who ended up playing Rachel Chu had a part in, you know, getting this girl who auditioned for Rachel Chu, you know, a, a really nice um, part in this film, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about Cheryl, but there was three people cast from YouTube and one of the other girls who just has a very quick, like, no, no lines, but she's in that texting scene at the beginning <laughs> where mm-hmm. um, everybody, like, finds out about Nick's new girlfriend. Like, she was definitely um, found or was cast because Constance loved her. Uh, so, yeah, then, I, then I'm mixing it up. Yeah, you're right. That, that, that must oh, be the story it? then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And Kevin yeah, I don't is know. in it that could have been both. sequence too. 
Oh yeah, it's like being anointed by the queen. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but just to know—that's the thing. Just to know that, like everybody around the world, who like you know put themselves out there on YouTube, just like auditioning to know it wasn't just like John, the director in his team, but like Constance was watching these videos. (laughs) Like that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess speaking of songs. I heard I read a story about how, or I think I saw a story how John was saying how he had to go ask Coldplay for permission to use the cover of Yellow at the end. Mm-hmm. And at first they said no, and then there's a lot of like, stories of passion letters in this in this um, production. <laughs> but he sent them a, like a passion letter, and they ended up letting him use That's the awesome. song. And that last sequence, I feel like it's different from the book, right? Because the book ends on like a less satisfying note. But um, the moment when um, Nick like. I love how um, the rom-com genre can't get away from chasing down the airplane at the last minute. That's a trope. It's so great. <laughs> but this was a really good, good, this was a good version of that. And the moment where, like, when he got down one knee and was about to open the mom's ring, like, I, like, I was like, that's going to be the Emerald Ring. You called it. Yeah. No, and I knew it, too. And then when I I started crying, like, I so, so hard. hard. I cried so hard. I cried hard. so hard. And that, that, again, my favorite character, one of my favorite characters in the whole movie is the old lady standing with, <laughs> with Rachel's mom screaming. She's like, yes! I love her. She is great. Love her. Um, also, I want to do for music shout out Christopher Tin, who was, he's a Grammy Award winning composer. He was part of collaboration. I met him at one of our events because I remember hearing his bio and just being so impressed by He was a judge, yeah. He was a judge for one of our shows. He composed the big band music throughout wow. the. I was like, hmm. this is so cool. There's so many people who worked on this and it's amazing. So, yeah. I love that. And I love that he commented and took his shine, too, because I feel like there's a lot of artists, especially in the Asian American community, who who flinch at taking their spotlight. And I was proud that people were in a celebratory attitude, just being like, yeah, I was part of this. And not in, because we've had people like that too, were like, oh, by the way, I did this. It wasn't that. It was like, I got to be part of this. It was awesome. I'm so proud of like what we did. Yeah. And I really like that. Well, any last thoughts before we close this spoiler cast? All I want to talk about was that ring scene, but we already covered that. I know the ring scene. I got it. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of, what was great about the ring scene, I will say, is that I know it's like on the surface, it's the guy chases girl, right? Like guy loses girl, a guy goes after girl. But to me, the way that I was reading it, and, and, and also this is based on my personal experiences that I won't get into on a podcast, like was when he proposed, reproposes to her on the plane, to me, that's Eleanor. Yeah. reaching out to Rachel. Like Nick is just the delivery, the, the <laughs> handsome <laughs> delivery man. Yeah. Like, honestly, it, it meant so much. And like, I would, yeah. I, what I wouldn't give to have that kind of like approval in certain areas of my life. Like it was so like, I ugly cried. Like that's, that's the scene that ugly cries <laughs> me through, you know, like out to the sidewalk. Like, <laughs> just, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it turns it on its end because there's three people present in that scene. And when she sees the second ring, it's not like, oh, better bling. Yay. We'll take it. Like <clears throat> everybody knows she yeah. sees the ring and she says yes, because she knows that Eleanor is saying, come and yeah, that's be like part of huge. our family. And actually, that reminds me of like, because that scene, that <laughs> ring is set up in like another really, really strong scene. The dumpling, the dumpling scene. scene mm-hmm. Where it's just a family making dumplings around a table. And like, personally, I haven't done that in like a long ass time because like, you no, know, my grandparents passed away. My mom is in China. So we don't really get together that often. But that was such like a, 
a nice scene, but also a very fraught scene because it it leads up to the "you'll never be enough" moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I just, and I they just use that. It's just kind of like the mahjong scene, like how they use those, though, like the dumplings to tell its own story. It says its own dynamic of how everyone contributes to yeah. this thing. And, and yeah. when the grandma comes down and criticizes Michelle Yeoh's Oh, God, it was so perfect. She's like, oh, you've lost your touch. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> Is it, this my grandma? <laughs> yeah, it reveals, because it, it, it's in the same way it was like in that scene in Devil Wears Prada where you finally see Miranda Priestly without her makeup and her husband is kind of like not around or whatever. I don't remember exactly. But like, you know, and then it leads into her explaining the ring. And the ring was that ring is the ring that her husband, Nick's dad, gave her when she went through the same thing and was not favored, mm-hmm. you know, by the mother in law. And so in doing this, like this, this is like a bridge, you know, like like I'm going to break this toxic cycle of, you know, refusing to give my son my blessing, refusing to, you know, be a part of this process. I'm going to break the cycle and I'm going to give you this this symbol mm-hmm. of that. It's mm-hmm. so layered, I'm, you guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little, is there a, a, some cutting onions? <laughs> There's dust in here. Marvin's having an allergic reaction. No, but I, and it, I really like that they, that John and like the film didn't flinch away from how brutal Asian mothers can be because there's that range exactly what you're saying with the grandmother to Michelle and from Michelle to Henry Michelle to like it's just really great to see so many different dynamics how brutal it can be how and that says its own story like why all this means so much why it's not just like oh I just need approval it's like no because this is like we're raised to honor it's like wanting those blessings means so much it's about family. It's about something bigger than just me and what I want, my petulant desire to like. I like this boy, so just give him to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I really appreciate that because that's something that I've struggled to defend sometimes where like I've had issues like wanting to please a boyfriend's parents or like if we were on track to get married and like falling out of favor, like that stresses me mm-hmm. the hell out. And it stressed me out so much and I've gone above and beyond in a way that some friends didn't really understand they're like you do way too much and it, it kind of hurt well like i get that they didn't understand but i'm just like in my head i'm like you just don't get it <laughs> yeah it's defined it's much more than just like oh it sucks that they don't approve it's like so much of like my struggle like you know from from when i was a kid to even adulthood is like trying to not define myself by like the approval or, or being in the favor of my family right like it, it's your identity It's like if Mm -hmm. and I think that that's what Rachel realized is like if you don't have your family, who are you? Like that's something that I think a lot of Asian people, especially Asian Americans, were torn between the sort of um, the value of independence that that we're we're sort of taught outside the family and the whole like, no, you are your family. And if you don't have Mm -hmm. us, you're 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 a nobody. You're an orphan. You know, Um, she got that, you know, and that that is directly grappled with in this film in such a surprising way. Yeah. Well, I guess that'll do it for this spoiler cast. I feel like I talk, I can keep talking <laughs> with you all about this and we should definitely grab drinks sometime and just like the five timers podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all. Um, but thank you so much, Ada, Rebecca for joining us to talk um, about crazy rich Asians without fear of spoiling it for people who haven't seen it before. This was a lot of fun. This yeah, so thank you so much for inviting us. 
Finally, we get to share. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Rebecca, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I just said it was an honor to finally be on Collabcast. Thanks for having me, you guys. Oh, welcome. Yeah, got to come back sometime. (laughs) Hopefully with the... You know, four or five, six greenlit projects. We'll we'll have more opportunities to convene and, and just chat. Exactly. We have a Rebecca's episode. Oh yeah, we should that'd be awesome. Yes, put that in the universe. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, listeners, again for listening to this spoiler-filled podcast of the Collabcast. Uh, once again, where can people find you all on uh, the social media? Uh, you can find me at the Rebecca Sun on Twitter. Um, you can find me at um, just my name Ada Singh A D A T S E N G. And uh, you can find us at collaboration.org. Um, we never promote our personal social media. Well, I'm at Marvin Yeah, I'm at Minjeezy. It's, it's in the show notes. I'll, okay. I'll <laughs> but we just never announce it. I'm just saying. Um, I'm taking my shine. <laughs> and if you have any thoughts. <laughs> you um, tagged me while we were taping this. I love that. Yep. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and if you have any thoughts about uh, the movie that you want to share with us, please email us at podcast at collaboration.org um, don't forget to subscribe to the collabcast we're on all the platforms apple google spotify She's wherever you find podcasts um thanks again to travis trail for use of a song set free minji chang's theme song um uh, for this episode's intro and outro uh thanks again also to visual communications for letting us um, record in their space uh, you can check out visual communications programs such as the los angeles asian pacific film festival and uh the arm for the camera fellowship by going to the website at vconline.org and on that note thanks for listening and uh have fun at the movies yeah. guys yeah.